Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. Good to see everyone here. Y'all glad you're here? Yeah? All right. Awesome. Awesome. Just making sure. This is the quiet service. I don't know if you've ever been to second service. They're rowdy. Uh, But you guys are all like, hi, we're here. We'll be quiet for you. Um, (laughs) So we've been uh, in the middle of a series this whole summer called This Is My Story, where different people uh, from within our congregation have been sharing their stories uh, with you, as well as people from outside of our congregation. Some weeks when no one's telling their story, I've been telling the story of some biblical characters or historical figures um, and, and how the, and go over the different things that we can learn from them. And so it's been good. I encourage you, look, your story is important. If there are parts of your story that you aren't proud of, your story is history, okay? It's been forgiven by God, and now he wants it to become ministry. He wants it to become prophecy, and he wants it to become victory in your life. And so, so that's what we've been doing. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, last week, we had one of our missionaries that we support as a church. Uh, Yeshua Israel came and shared. How many of you were here for that? It was awesome one. It was good. Well, this week, we have longtime friends of the church, Chuck and Marinelle Hall that are going to be sharing their story with us and, and how God is using storytelling to spread the gospel in other countries. Um, and so you'll hear more about that. But Chuck and Mary Nell actually um, were launched into ministry around 35 years ago. I looked up your bio. Uh-huh, and then I did the math. And so, um, so they, they've been at this for a really long time. They've been longtime friends of our family as well. Uh, and they've just seen countless uh, numbers of people come to Christ worldwide, as well as they've equipped um, and, and shepherded missionaries who are overseas doing that thing. So who's going first? Marinelle is. So we all welcome Chuck and Marinelle Hall. Appreciate that. I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. And sometimes when I'm about to hear somebody's story, I get to asking questions. And my children say, Mama, you are so nosy. And some people are uncomfortable answering the questions you ask. So be careful. And I say, I am not nosy. I am interested very interested, and there are people's stories that have changed my life. So I love the stories that I've heard from you. I've heard Anne's story, and I knew some of it, but some of it I didn't. And I really appreciated Anne just coming up here and being so transparent with her story. It ministered to me. Well, I had lots of stories during my life. I like to kind of look back at my life at the encounters with God that changed me. When I came to a day in my life 
And I had an encounter with God, and the next day I was not the same as I had been before. And there are a few of those, but I want to share one with you today. I don't know why, but I I grew up in a very strict denomination, and I don't know why I got the idea in my head, and I carried it around with me most of my life, that I was just relegated to second or third place with God, that I would never be in that number one place with God. Other people would, and that's fine, and I would let them be, but I just couldn't be good enough to get there. And maybe... God was disappointed that I was born. And that's, I didn't realize that all the time, but if I look back, I see that was just an idea that plagued me. Maybe he wasn't so happy I was born, and maybe I would never be that, reach that standard that he had set for me. So I was disappointing to myself, and I figured I must be kind of disappointing to other people too, and certainly to God. Well, Chuck and I moved out to Pasadena, California, back in the 1980s, and he was going to go and get uh, his missiology degree from Fuller Theological Seminary. At that time, at Fuller, they were teaching classes on receiving healing from past events or lies that you had grown up with or ideas that were contrary to the Word of God that had taken hold in your life. So I figured, we're going to be ministering. I'm called to ministry. That was one of those days that changed my life, and I was one way, one day, and not the same the next day, the day that God called me into ministry. So I figured if we're going to be ministering the word of God, I need to go to this class. And I need to learn how to minister to other people like this. And I guess if I'm going to minister to other people, maybe I should receive that myself. I wasn't too sure about this, but I thought somewhere along the line, I'm going to encounter somebody who needs this type of ministry, so I need to learn about it. So I made an appointment with a British woman, and we sat the whole day, the major part of the day, for me. And I went to her, and she said, I've been praying, and she said, I know you've been praying too, but we're going to go back into your past. We're going to go back to to the time that you were in the womb and we're going to ask God to come and illuminate anything through the Holy Spirit that he wants to illuminate in your life so that maybe some lies that you've grown up with might be exposed. So I said, okay. And I was a willing participant But still, I thought, I'm just learning this in case I need it for someone in the future. So we sat down and we started going back. And I wasn't too sure if this was legitimate or not. But we started going back. And she 
my mama had told me as, um, as I was growing up, she said, we almost lost you when you were born because when you came out, she said, she said it was a very hard labor. When you came out, the cord was wrapped around your neck. You were born, and you were born blue and silent and still. And she said, we were all very nervous about whether you were going to live or not. And then, and then, as the doctors worked with you, there came this little high-pitched squeal out of you, and we were thrilled that you were alive. That's what my mama told me. So I told this British woman, this is what my mama told me about the, the day that I was born. And she said, well, we're going back. And we're going back to the time that you were born. And she said, I want you to close your eyes And I want you to place Jesus right there in the delivery room. I want you to place Jesus right where your mother was giving birth to you. And I want you to watch his face. Now that sounded a little quirky to me. But I thought I will cooperate because I might need this in the future to minister to somebody. And as I was visualizing that room in my mind with my eyes closed, I looked around the room and she said, you'll see the doctor, you'll see your mother, you'll see nurses in there. And I did. And she said, now find Jesus. And I looked and I thought, I see Jesus in the room. I see he's there. I could see him so clearly. And she went through the stages of birth, the pain that was in the room, the uncertainty. And she said, keep your eyes on Jesus. And I did. And Jesus, I could see very clearly, was standing right there watching everything. And she said, you, you, you see the difficulty of the birth. And she said, now you're coming out the birth canal and you see the concern on people's faces as as they see that the cord is wrapped around your neck and there's danger. And I looked at Jesus. She said, keep your eyes on Jesus. And Jesus was there and he was showing and mirroring this concern that was in the room. And they were taking the cord from my neck. And she said, and then you came out blue and you came out very still. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And so I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And he's just showing the concern right there beside the bed. And she said, now you've come out and and that, that little squeal comes when everybody's worried. And she said, you watch Jesus and see what Jesus is doing. And I thought, okay, I'm watching Jesus. And I came out, and the little squeal came, and I saw Jesus jump up and down, turn around, excited, and say, she's here, she's here. And he was happy that I was born. And I just surprised myself. I fell on the floor, and I cried, and I cried, and I said, Jesus is happy that I'm born. He is happy that I am born. He's happy that I'm in this world, and he really does have a life planned out for me. 
and that changed my life and took a great burden of lies out of my soul. And truth came in. Jesus Christ is happy that you were born. He was there the moment you were born. He formed your inward parts. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your frame was not hidden when you were in your mother's womb. It was not hidden from God's truth when you were being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of your mother's womb. God saw you. He was happy you were born, and he took a book, and he wrote down every day that you were going to live, and he had good things planned for that day. That is the revelation that changed my life, and I've never been the same since. He told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. And I believe he did that for me. And it's made a wonderful total difference in my life. God bless you. I'm thankful you are here and that you were born. Thankful you were born. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've heard that before and that affected me. <sighs> well, Mary and I are training storytellers in Nepal. And we've trained them close to a hundred stories to tell a hundred stories. And one t- day we were training this group that were with us there near Kathmandu, Nepal. And this lady raised her hand and she says, I want to tell the next story. Let me tell the next story. So we said, come on up. And this is what she told. She said, after Jesus passed over the the lake... And after he calmed the storm, his boat arrived on the other side. And while Jesus was getting out of the boat, a demon-possessed man met him on the shore. You see, this man lived among the tombs. And he would walk through the tombs howling and shrieking. He was cutting himself with sharp rocks. And the people tried to restrain him. And they would bind him with chains and shackles. But he would take those chains and... And break them. Then he would shatter the shackles and the fetters. No one could subdue him. 
They tried many times, but they couldn't do it. But this demon-possessed man saw Jesus a long way off. And when he saw him coming up on the shore, he ran up to Jesus. He fell down at Jesus' feet and with a shriek, (laughs) he said, What have you to do with us? Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God, I ask you in God's name not to torment us. See, Jesus was already saying, come out of him. Come out of him. So Jesus looked at him and he says, what's your name? My name is Legion because there are many of us inside of this man. And they began to beg Jesus not to cast them into a far country. They begged Jesus to let them go into the herd of pigs on the hillside. There was a large herd there feeding. And Jesus gave them permission to go into those pigs. So these demons came out of this man and went into the pigs. And there were about 2,000 pigs, and when the demons entered them, they ran down the hillside into the sea and drowned. Now the people who were taking care of the pigs, when they saw that, they were startled, in fact terrified, and they ran all the way back town back to town telling everybody what had just happened. And when the townspeople heard about it, they wanted to come out and see for themselves. And when they came out, they saw this man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. They saw him sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed in his right mind. And then when they heard more about what had happened to the pigs, they were afraid, the townspeople. And they begged Jesus to leave them alone. They asked him not to stay there, but to go away. So Jesus got into the boat. And started to leave. But the man who was possessed by the demons who had been delivered. He came to Jesus and he said Jesus let me go with you. Jesus says no. I want you to go back to your family. And tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you. Tell them how merciful God has been. To you. So the man, he went to all the towns in that area. There were 10 different towns in that area. He went to all those towns telling the people his story. 
and telling the people how merciful God was to him. That's the that the lady in Nepal told us. Now, when she finished that story, she said, now I want to tell you my story. She said, you see, when I was a young woman, I was demon-possessed. Just like that man in the story that I told you about. And those demons would drive me into the woods at night. And I would, I would walk through the woods at night being tormented by those spirits. Then I would go back home. And when I went back home, my husband would beat me. Well, later on, those demons would drive me back into the woods. And this happened over and over again. And every time I came home, he beat me. It got to where I would go out and stay in the woods two or three or four days. Then I started staying out there a week or two weeks at the time in the woods by myself. Well, then I came home one day and my husband chained me to a tree. She said, there I sat, chained to the tree. I couldn't go anywhere. But one day, some people came into my village and they told us about Jesus Christ. I'd never heard about Jesus Christ. See, she was a Hindu. They worship, over, they worship millions of gods. said, I'd never heard of Jesus Christ, but these people told me about him, and I believed. And I was born again. And she said, Jesus delivered me from those demons. So you can see why she liked that story so much. She's one of our best storytellers. In fact, some of our best storytellers can't read or write. But they listen to the stories, the powerful words of God. And even though they can't read, they listen and they can tell the stories. One of my favorite storytellers is a man who can't read or write. But he goes all through the villages, back in the Himalayan mountains, telling and preaching the word of God. See, the area in which we work are mostly Hindus with some Buddhist and a few Muslims. Unless somebody tells them the story, they are going to die and go to hell. I believe that storytelling or training people to t- 
tell the Bible, Bible telling, I believe it's the most effective tool in passing the word of God down to those who really don't feel qualified to minister. You know, there are a lot of people in our churches who don't feel qualified to minister. But God's called you to minister. And we talked to our friends in Nepal, and, and they said, I've always wanted to, to serve God. I've always wanted to minister. I've always wanted to witness to my Hindu family. But I never knew how, they say. They say, but now we can tell them the stories that you're teaching us. And we're seeing people come to the Lord. We're seeing people begin to come to church. We're seeing people who've never known about Jesus beginning to get an interest in the Lord. And I believe we're going to see many, many come to Christ. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. We went to a a Himalayan village way back. And then we had other people come in from other villages that were even farther away. And they were sitting there. And I would say 90% of them could not read. And Marinelle would teach them a story. And they're just sitting there listening. And after she finished telling them the story, she said... Now, how many of you have never heard that story before? And I would say 85 to 90% of the people would raise their hand and say, we've never heard that story before. Now, these are Christians. But they are learning whole passages from the Word of God, whole passages from the Word of God, and they are going and telling those stories in their own words Uh, to their family, to their friends, to other people. It's one of the most exciting things I've ever done. (laughs) I love it. I'm almost 70 years old. And I love it. And you all have been helping us do this. Your prayer and your support make it possible. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. Because of that, people are taking their story about how they've come to know the Lord and sharing it with people who've never even heard about Jesus. One quick thing is kind of funny to me. This This woman says, My uncle is a Hindu witch doctor. I'd never heard of a Hindu witch doctor. She said, my uncle is a Hindu witch doctor. And she said, I went over to his house and I asked him if I could tell them some stories. He said, sure. So I told, I told them the story of the Tower of Babel. And she said, after I told him the story of the Tower of Babel, my Hindu, my uncle, 
Hindu wish doctor jumped up and said, I want to follow Jesus. (laughs) I just thought that was funny. Doesn't have a thing to do about Jesus that I know. Jesus is not even mentioned in the Tower of of Babel. But uh, he knew that she had had an encounter with Jesus. And he knew that she was a follower of Jesus. And he liked that story. See, the word of God is so powerful, isn't it? The word of God is powerful. And we encourage them to find someone with a particular need and then tell a story that corresponds to that need. Sick, tell one of Jesus' healing. Paralyzed, tell one of Jesus' healing the paralyzed man. Blind, whatever the need may be. Find a story and tell them a story that will build their faith To receive prayer and be healed or be saved or be whatever. So there's one man, he was telling about how he went into this village and, and he, he shared this story with people. And he said, and uh, these people came forward and I prayed for them and God healed them. We said, well, wh- well what story did you tell them? Did, what story did you tell he said, well, uh, uh, I told him a story about Jacob's ladder. And we said, Jacob's ladder, what, what did that have to do about healing? Why would you tell that story? He said, uh, uh, that was the only story I remembered. hallelujah the word of God is powerful isn't it the word of God is so very powerful amen thank you so much thank you all you don't have to have a seminary degree you don't have to know every little detail you just got to tell your story right and, and, and as we learn these stories from Scripture and as, you know, you tell the good things that God has done in your life, it'll change. It can change someone, else, uh, someone else's life. Uh, Chuck and Mary Nell have some information out at the Welcome Center. They also have a, a newsletter that you can sign up for. I get their emails on a regular basis. You get to keep up with what they're doing. As a church, we support them. If you want to, to support them personally, you can, you can learn about how to do that as well. Or just keep up with where they are, where they're going. You guys have been to Nepal twice already this year? She's saying yes, I believe her. Four or five times. Okay, awesome. You've been there more. So, yeah, so there. <laughs> so many times you don't remember. I hope when I'm almost 70, I'm, I'm traveling that much too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. Let's stand. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been strengthened in your faith. I hope you know that God loves you, that God was rejoicing at your birth. That he has a plan for you. That he knows exactly where you are. He has the hairs on your head numbered. For some of us, that's easier than others. But he knows you and he loves you and he's got awesome things planned for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence that we felt during worship. We thank you, Father, that you're, um, 
that, that your, your, your presence is available to us, Lord, that you don't withhold your goodness because of our imperfections. But, Lord, you send your goodness to us in spite of our imperfections, and you heal our imperfections in your presence. Lord, we thank you for Chuck and Mary Nell and, and what you're doing through their ministry, Father. We're, we're honored to partner with them. Lord, we love hearing the stories of people's lives and families and whole villages being changed. Lord, places where we'll probably never go, but yet we have a hand in it. How cool is that? Father, we thank you, Lord, for letting us be a part. Guys, in just a minute, actually, as a matter of fact, if the altar ministry team will come, they're going to be on this side of the stage. There are people here that have already been praying for you, and they're ready to pray over you for anything that you need. Look, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you feel far from him and you want to fix that, if you've got physical pain in your body, if there's an emotional issue that you've yet to work through fully and you want someone to agree with you, that's what these guys are here for. And I'm telling you, they would love to pray with you. So don't leave before you get the prayer that you need. But I'm going to say one more prayer. When I say amen, you are free to go and have an amazing day. And you're also free to come and get the prayer that you need. Okay. So father, we thank you so much. What a great day, Lord. We love you. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See y'all next week. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.